Hey everybody, welcome to West Seattle Christian Online. If you are new, welcome. And if not, welcome back. Uh, today we're talking about the actionable practice of sharing your faith with others like their life depends on it. Um, I want to start by saying that when Jesus is calling people to participate in the kingdom of God and sharing faith with them, he invites them into a beautiful way of living and sharing and demonstrating care for those in need. He shows and demonstrates God's heart and love for those who are hurting, those who are suffering, those who are alone, those who are broken. And he relishes opportunities to sit around tables, eating and drinking, relaxing, enjoying the company of others, of everyone, poor, rich, outcast, accepted. He seems genuinely interested in where everyone's coming from. And this is a huge part of how we share our faith. We see it in story after story, from the calling of the disciples to the healings he miraculously provides to the company he visits and the interactions he often mediates between people with opposing views. His methods are those of peace and forgiveness, while also calling everyone he meets to a way of life that is painted with the brushstrokes of true goodness and kindness and holiness. In other words, godly character. And this is what we're longing for and desire for everyone around us as Christians, lives that are permeated with the love and character of God. So to take this a little deeper, I want to approach this through the lens of passing on your faith to your kids or to the youth within the church or in your family. I want to have you put yourself in that space for a moment. And the first thing I want to share is that sharing your faith is not meant to be difficult. It is also not meant to be something that you do that gets in people's faces. Uh, this is kind of a side note, but some of the methods certain streams of Christianity come up with for sharing faith with adults, basically forcing it upon them whether they want to hear it or not, would be considered reprehensible and frankly kind of idiotic if you use that same kind of way with kids. So why are we using that method with grown-ups? I think you get the point. Anyway, when it comes to sharing our faith with our kids or anyone else, Let's first start by tackling a couple of major misconceptions or myths about that. The first misconception is that passing on your faith uh, does not happen by osmosis. Uh, if, you're, if you're not intentional about teaching your kids why faith matters, then they won't understand why it matters to you. If you just take them to church and hope they get it, it's likely that they won't understand because the old adage that values are more caught than taught really applies here. You can't learn to actually physically play football by only watching games and commentary. At some point, you have to get on the field and learn to throw and catch and take a hit. The next misconception is that passing on faith to your kids or anyone else is the job of professionals. I've seen a lot of parents kind of check out and take themselves out of the game when it comes to faith. Maybe you think you should be disqualified because of mistakes in your life or because you don't know enough about Jesus, but the fact of the matter is that if you know enough to have faith in Jesus yourself, then you know enough to show your kids a life of faith that is real. You are way more present in the life of your kids than the pastor at your church. It's time to get in the game. You're the coach. Better get to it. Uh, but let's get back to this idea of imitating what Jesus was doing. Jesus's whole life with his disciples was showing them how to live a life of faith through action. Um, think of Jesus as kind of the first ever coach of the Way of Jesus training school or dojo. 
As he lived this life out, he used a model that was quite simple. Step one was, I do, you watch. Step two was, I do, you help. Step three was, you do, I help. And step four was, you do, I watch. Jesus did this while living life day to day. He didn't do it in a classroom with chalkboard. He, he did this in a life-on-life -life manner. He got out in the field. And you can use this method with your kids. In fact, you've probably already done so or are already doing it in some of the everyday tasks that you want your kids to know how to do. And I'm thinking of things, just routine things, the routine you get that you use in the morning before school, teaching your kids chores. What, you're not giving your kids chores? Just kidding. Uh, but the things, things like that, like folding your clothes, making the bed, washing the dishes, learning to cook basic meals, not just microwave stuff, mowing the lawn. Now, here's a pro tip. If you have a lawn and you have a 10-year-old and you are still mowing the lawn and they aren't, well, I'm just saying. So when we think about passing our faith on to our kids, you can talk to them about what you want them to learn but talking is also not enough. For them to really pick up what you're putting down, they have to watch you do it, and then they have to help you. They have to participate with you and help you do it. My wife and I were talking the other day about a food drive uh, that our daughter's school was asking the community to help with. And my wife said to me that she could have just dropped off our daughter at school and then run the bag of food up to the office on her own. Uh, and it would have, in some ways, been easier for her to do it that way. But she decided to take more time, take our daughter with her up to the office and have her participate in the act of actually donating the food and taking it to the drop-off location. And then they talked about what they were doing along the way. So a Christian parent's role is to pass down your own faith to your children. And the hope is that they will continue to do what you modeled for them. Now, the classic passage from the scriptures that illustrates this is 2 Timothy 1.5, which contains Paul's words to Timothy, one of his disciples. And it says this, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. So in this short scripture, we see that faith in Jesus was passed down through three generations. And I think the crux of the verse, the focal point of emphasis, is on the word sincere. Lois and Eunice had sincere faith, and that's really important to grab a hold of, to emphasize. I don't think it's too much to say that Paul is making a, a delineation between a faith that's elementary and immature in nature, and a faith that comes with practicing the way of Jesus and attaining more of the character and skill set of Jesus, a faith that's more mature and sincere. So what we see here is a mom and a grandma who take their faith seriously. They didn't leave it up to others to pass on their faith. They lived it and they demonstrated it. What does this mean for us today? I should think that it's fairly obvious. It means we have to do the same thing. It means you can't be one way at home and never talk about or demonstrate your faith and then drag your kids off to church and expect it to fix your kids or educate them fully in the faith. You are the main discipler of your kids. And the faith community is very important when it comes to discipling your kids, but their role in the process comes after you. So if you don't know how to disciple your kids, then working on your own faith and getting help with that is very important. If you don't know what it means to follow Jesus, then it's time to 
prioritize the passing on of your faith to your kids and get some training yourself. And, and here's what that takes. Here, here's what it really takes to teach the faith to the next generation. First thing is you have to know the faith. Then you have to live the faith. And then you have to communicate about the faith with your kids. And if you miss any of those three, well, then it's pretty much failure to launch. Adults who don't know the faith can't live it or talk about it. Adults who don't live the faith can't be taken seriously about it. And adults who don't really communicate about the faith with kids, well, they're not even trying to pass it on. And kids are way smarter than you think they are. And I know that's a bit cliche, but it's true. Let me be clear. Kids can see right away if your faith is not sincere. If kids see you and church leaders talking about Jesus on Sunday, but then they don't see any evidence of your walk with Jesus throughout the week, what message are you sending? What kind of faith are you passing on? Because you're passing on something. You have to try. You have to make an attempt. Your, your kids may follow a shallow faith, but is that what you really want for them? In which case, it's time to become sincere in your faith. What's worse, though, is the realization that your kids will not follow a faith that is fake. They will not do it. If you drop your kids off at youth group or children's ministry, but you never talk to them about what they're learning, and you never model for them in a consistent manner what following Jesus means in your own life, like prayer and reading the Bible and serving in church and loving justice and mercy and caring for the widow and the orphan and the foreigner, that's a model, if you don't do those things and you just drop them off, then that's a model that does not lead to a faith that sticks. Your kids simply will not follow a faith that's fake. You put that another way, you cannot fake your faith and expect a positive result in the lives of your kids. If you are sincere, however, that's something your kids can respect. That's something they can imitate. They will see that your words match up with your deeds and vice versa. It's hard to ignore or argue with a faith that is sincere. And it's that kind of faith that we want to pass down. It's that kind of faith that truly does get passed down. In that scripture, 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul continues on by telling Timothy that he sees a faith living in him. It's a living faith, in other words. In other words, it's not dead. And I've met a lot of people who have come from a life of faith, but who have let their faith go or let it lapse or walked away from it entirely. I've also seen those who say they are Christians, but their faith seems dead. And what I mean by that is there's no engagement. There's no commitment. There's no life of service. It's like faith on autopilot. And that only translates to some kind of cerebral acknowledgement of belief in God, but it only works itself out physically in a visit to the church building, maybe once a week or once a month. There are stories of this kind of faith breakdown in the scriptures. For example, Joshua was Moses' assistant, and he learned from Moses how to have a faith that was real. Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15, that he and his family would serve the Lord. And later in Joshua 24, 31, the scriptures say, Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. But after that, somewhere along the line, passing on the faith breaks down. We can read in Judges 2.10, it says, After that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew, knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. 
So somewhere along the way, for some reason or another, those who were older in the faith, they abdicated their responsibility. And by contrast, Paul says, Timothy's faith is alive. It's living in him because it lived in his mom and his grandma. It's a living faith that you can pass on to your kids. Sincere faith that shows up in active participation of the way of Jesus and active participation of joining God in what he's up to in the church and in the neighborhood. Faithfulness that's taught through embodied and inhabited practice is what is going to refresh the faith in future generations and not let it die out. Lois and Eunice lived out an active and sincere faith, a living faith. And that's something Timothy was able to take possession of. It was something he could see. It was something he could witness. It was something he could sink his teeth into. That's what we want for our kids, a faith they can see and witness, touch and feel. They can practice it, a faith they can own. Of course, none of this means that you have to be perfect. That is not what is expected. I think that's piggybacking off the other misconception we talked about before. When it comes to teaching faith to your kids, people think they have to have it all together, and it's not true. What it does mean is that when you do fail, when you mess up, when you sin, both when your kids see that and when they don't, you own up to it, and you admit when you've failed, and you admit when you're wrong, and you say you're sorry, and by doing so, you demonstrate a sincere faith in that way as well. That's a real faith that kids can follow. You can show them how to fail well because that's what it means to learn and grow. It's not a propped up and pompous faith that acts like we have to be all polished and perfect, like we have it all together. Jesus never expected that or taught that. So parents, grandparents, older siblings, aunts and uncles, you have the ability to impact the next generation of followers of the way of Jesus because the Spirit of Christ lives in you so that you can live this sincere faith as an example to them. Recognizing that, whether you are literally a parent or not, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're being watched by the next generation and they are looking for a trajectory for their life that means something real something very real and something that has real, tangible, and valuable purpose, something they are depending on you to provide. So here's what it comes down to in the end. Children and grown-ups do not become followers of Jesus by learning about what Christians do, say, or think. They come to faith in Jesus by taking on the identity, by imitating someone like you, who is a disciple of Jesus, someone who practices his ways and loves his ideas for how to live this life. Imitating means they come to faith by acting the way uh, of a follower of Jesus, the way a follower of Jesus acts. And over time, through practice, their, their hearts and their minds are formed in this way of life. It's about participating in the practice of your faith. It's through watching you practice your faith and allowing them to come alongside you to practice as well, that your kids' hearts and minds are shaped into something that is recognized as faithfully following the way of Jesus. It's not something that's nebulous. How you practice your faith when it, when it comes to life really matters. Like dealing with anything that comes our way in everyday life, like disappointments, celebrations, tragedies, parties, sickness, death, birth, and new life. How to spend and be practical with money, but also to give to God what is God's and to be generous as stewards of the resources that he's given you. How to make sure people are fed and clothed and have shelter. How to, how to deal with suffering. 
how to throw a good party for birthdays or anniversaries or big life achievements, how to choose good friends, how to eat, how to exercise, I mean, how to participate in social justice, how to forgive. What we're talking about is how your faith helps your kids and anyone else around you with discerning all of those things, a path through life that is holy and brings joy and happiness to God and others. I was struck by this idea this last week when watching the first new episode of the new Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney. There's this Jedi hunter called the Grand Inquisitor, and he says, Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. This is what the world should say about followers of Jesus. This is what your kids should see and observe in your life. And compassion is only one aspect of our faith in Jesus, but I think you see the point. It's about passing on a faith that helps make sense of it all through the lens of Jesus. It's a faith they can inhabit. And the effort you will put forth in passing on your faith is worth it all. Even if your kids give you pushback, don't give up demonstrating, demonstrating your faith and inviting your kids to inhabit a life of faith with you, alongside you. There is hardly anything greater than watching your kids worship God and live out their faith because they want to. My wife and I have to continually make that effort to pass on our faith, and you will too, but it's totally worth it. It's an incredible opportunity to be part of an incredible legacy. May you have a faith that is sincere. May you have a faith that is alive. May you take up the actionable practice of passing on your faith like others' lives depend on it. I'm Worth Wheeler for West Seattle Christian Church. Stay rooted and deep in Jesus and produce good fruit, my friends.